0: crypto is some like dark topic for me <laughs> to be fair like I, I always escaped from this you know yeah. uh even though now i have to use it because of the okay. conversion like if i need rubles for example okay. just because there's no way to do swift okay. uh, there's no way right okay, it's like yeah, it's what's... like two different planets we exist yeah. on yeah. and that's the only thing which can help like me or other people to convert crypto yeah. because yeah there's no other way this is where I have to, I had to learn something that Don't
1: so mind us asking, yeah. it, like, because Russia is in think <laughs> Our
0: topic completely moved
1: on. No, not, it's just a, he's just always, he loves politics. So don't
2: mind him, we can cut it off. So
0: they cre- the central bank actually uh, gave the permission to, like, local banks, all these banks, um, And now there is a system of like quick payments between banks and between providers. So if you go to the store or restaurant and you need to make a payment and you don't have a card, all you do, you scan the QR code with your phone camera. Mm -hmm. It redirects you to any of the banks you have. Okay. And you make instant payment. Oh, (laughs) wow. So like this. All banks basically...
1: Hi everybody! Welcome to the Dollar Diaries podcast. Uh, today we have an amazing guest with us. Her name's Julia. She works with Alan, which is a Y Combinator-backed company. Uh, We're here to talk to her about fintech, what it is like being fintech, and what really is fintech. All right. Welcome to the show. How are you doing?
0: All good. Nice to meet you both.
1: Nice to meet Happy you as well. Happy to be here. Before we get started, just give us an introduction about what you do at Alan and how do you go about your day in general
0: yeah thank you so much for this uh well i started with alan when uh, we basically had two people in dubai which were the co-founders and almost zero sales so it was just you know the pilots that founders themselves actually uh, closed and uh, they obviously wanted to scale the business and start selling and here I went like to start all of this. Uh, I've been doing sales for the last maybe eight years in different startups across the world in the US and Russia and here in the UAE. Uh, so I joined Alan back in uh, end of summer 2022 uh, to lead sales. And here I am leading sales now. My team is uh, more than uh, seven people now. And what so, has
1: the process been like, like starting from absolutely no sales to driving all that sales, which I'm guessing you are... A big factor in, right? Like how did it feel like to start with nothing and come here all the way?
0: Uh I would say actually, you know, it's my superpower in mm. some sense uh to do this. Uh it's not the first time I did it. And this is what I love the most to to actually do something from zero to one, as they call it in startups, uh, when you have, like you said, nothing mm. and uh, you have to do something. It's both uh it's actually a tricky thing because it's both um looks easy because you have nothing it's very easy to do something right Mm. but at the same time it's so challenging because no one knows who you are what's your product why they should buy it right there are no reasons for that and you have to go out there and convince people to do something like this like to buy this product Uh, so i would say it was challenging but very very interesting for me uh, and uh, regarding the point where we are now, so as I said, from probably like five closed deals, now we have more than four hundred. Mm. Yes, and uh, of course I feel so happy.
2: <laughs> Congrats on that. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, you said you worked in U.S., Russia, and uh, mm. uh, Dubai. How how is it like? How what what do you uh, what would you say is the cultural difference between working in the U.S. and uh, working in Dubai? and also uh working in Russia.
0: I can speak only from the perspective of sales right yeah. because mm-hmm. I've never been a developer or yeah. something like this right and to be honest with you my fintech experiences only started in Dubai so I can't really speak for the US market but uh from the Russian perspective I can speak a little bit because um like I can not say this prob- probably but uh, we have one of the best fintechs in the world okay. uh, that's for sure of course With India, we compete, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but uh, that's what I learned already. (laughs) Uh, But I would say that the biggest differences that I see in terms of sales is that uh, people connection, people communication, visiting clients, talking to them on the phone, not just emails, not just like some, you know, cold messages on LinkedIn. This is a huge difference. People here, maybe because of culture, maybe because of uh, like, you know, I have no idea, but I think it's the culture. Uh, People have this, uh, trust in you only after they see you or talk to you, they need to know you in order to trust you and your product. So even if you ask me now, what's my day, right? Uh, my day consists of a lot of like physical meetings with clients when I actually go and, uh, meet people. Uh, so they, I don't really just sell Alan as a product okay. because it comes all together. You know, oh, it yeah. comes to trust. In what i say in who i am what i offer and what's the product of well, do you think is
1: it that is that the case because Alan's necessarily a b2b service compared to a perhaps like a b2c product mm. would you think that would change in sales or is the trust factor still an important thing for you to sell
0: okay we can uh, speak a little bit about my experience in mammo for example mm. uh that was also b2b sales for me mm. but product wise i would say Okay, I will give you some sales term, ICP, right? Ideal Customer Profile. Mm. In uh, MAMO, it was um, something similar to B2C because it's a super small micro business that may have two employees. One of them is actually the CEO of the company. So you actually deal with a person, with a consumer, right? And it's not super different still. Still, the trust comes first. And it doesn't mean you have to visit them every day to convince, but you have to have something to offer, like something they will trust on. For example, the name of the company, people you work with already as a company, right? Like Mamo or Alan, doesn't matter. Founders, who they are. Uh, because, you know, it, it, it all about, it's all about finance. So it's a lot of scam happening. So people need to have this trust.
2: Do you think it's also important who refers you to them? Because then they're, they're responsible for uh, referring you to uh, your clients. Like, for example, uh, do you get what I mean? Like, um, for instance, they sort of hold, if you're for, assuming, let's picture this, like I'm, I'm a scammer and you're my, like, uh, I'm pitching myself and my company to you. And he refers uh, um, me to you. And if I, if I try and scam you, his reputation sort of um, yeah. um, goes down. So has that ever like happened to you in uh, in your um, work experience? like what would how, how have you dealt with that?
0: Sales that I do, they are mostly called sales.. Okay. So there are not many references okay. in place, right? Understood. It's mostly when you have to uh, reach out to the business owners or okay. CFOs, like finance directors. Understood from scratch so they don't know him you or like understood, me. understood. They, they need to
2: there's no like networking aspect of um like like this founders uh like sort of refers you to the uh to alan and then that founder connects you to another founder that that never happens
0: no no that happens of course yeah. especially uh the reference part happens a lot now when yeah. we are at this 400 you know plus businesses yeah, yeah. of course now we have this people this person who knows someone who loves the product let's like you know refer it happens uh but i wouldn't say that maybe it's like maximum five percent okay. of all customers yeah
2: yeah but you've sort of built that credibility so it doesn't matter yeah. anymore like uh as much because when you when you're starting from scratch it would probably matter more when like you you're getting those referrals yeah
0: when you're starting from scratch i have my own approach which i use yeah. a lot yeah. um so when you're starting from scratch especially in the region like mena like this like dubai ue when where trust is super important for you it's very important to actually uh get the first clients who will be your social proof, right? Okay. Who will actually be this trust for others? So, for example, when Alan uh was uh, maybe had like 10 customers, yes, we can launch like marketing campaigns, which we did, but how helpful it is, they will still have trust issues because it's something unknown for them. But once you have some good name people know on board, like for example, now we have yeah. or Masafi, yeah, right? If you hear this like names. You already have more trust in the product,
1: yeah, yeah. more
0: credibility. Yeah.
1: And to what extent, the extent that the Y Combinator backing helped it? Has it helped at all? Or is it because, because Y Combinator is a US-based yeah. company, right? Do people have an awareness of what Y Combinator is? Has it helped?
0: I would say it helped with companies that know who Y Combinator is. For example, if it's a startup or if it's like... Even if it's another uh, company, you know, uh, in the IFC, even, doesn't matter. But if they know who Y Combinator is, it will help. Mm. But we deal with a lot of traditional businesses. Mm. I just told you the names, right? Yeah. They don't know what Y Combinator okay. is and it's not really helpful. But um, when you explain, for example, what it is and that you're the only spend management provider chosen by uh, Y Combinator in the region, mm. Yeah. It at least differentiates you from the competition.
1: Speaking about the competition, right? We see a lot of competitors, especially in the spend management coming up, like Cashio yeah. and few of these people, right? How, Why is it that this economy is a great place for startups, especially in fintech, to come up? Is there a reason why everybody's coming into Dubai?
0: I think fintech in general in the UAE is uh, something super attractive, mm. uh, It's been like this for years now, and it's still going to be like this. I spoke with my friend who is a CFO recently. He's been CFO of different companies in the UAE for years. And he told me also that it's still not even like, you know, it's not going to end like tomorrow, this uh, fintech boom. No, because obviously this region uh, has a lot of potential. For fintech, right? We have uh, banks that are not trying to develop new things. Uh, a lot of processes are super outdated, and uh young people, right? Uh, they want to have everything on the phone, quick, fast. This is why products like Mamo, for example, appeared because uh, the founders of Mamo they realized uh, that you can't transfer money even, you know, to each other super fast because back then, Emirates and BD would wait 24 hours for you yes. to even add the beneficiary.
1: It's still the case. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah. So it's it's such a problem, right? Uh, and for example, I'm coming from the country where in my bank, I can do everything in, I don't know, seconds, anything. So of course, uh, you need some products like this that will help you, especially mm. if we, we talk about younger generations. And regarding Alan and why the space. Is so competitive now and more companies even are coming. Again, just because there was nothing like this and everything is so manual. You know, any company I go to, I see the same thing. Like everything is super manual. And this is why uh, Alan and other players are super successful because we have a big potential and um, no, like nothing was created before. Banks are not covering any of this. So yeah, why not?
1: Yeah, I think banks are like a little too... You know, they caught up within their own world sort of a mm-hmm. scenario, right? Where uh, what happens, we were having a chat with our friend the other day on the podcast and we had this problem with ADCB particularly. Right? Mm-hmm. I use ADCB, he uses ADCB. So once when we were coming to shoot our podcast, he lost his uh, wallet and uh, we were trying to, you know, just block the card and we had to, you know, like it, there was no option on the app. There was no uh, option like we called them we got like arabic response i was really <laughs> mad at me because i suggested adcb was better because we we both initially had live but mm, Liv, mm. I, I mean i
2: i switched to adcb because he's yeah. like it's better, better customer service so I was yeah like, and this dead. was the worst customer service let's, let's we've had. <laughs> not
1: yeah. just that so like yeah. even with live or all these things like even when all these large corporations large banks tried to innovate they come up with live and all these neo bank sort of systems. And they're also, at the end of the day, a very substandard product, right? Because you take a oh, good example, because I absolutely hate Live, because <laughs> they're like, Basic things, right? Like, hey, I want to cancel my card. Hey, I have a trouble. Let
2: <laughs> would be your client. <laughs> mm. No, no,
1: They are bank,
0: they are parts of NBT, I think. Yeah, they
1: are yeah, parts yeah, of yeah. NBD.
2: Yeah.
0: Like the problem is, like
1: you can't call somebody. There is no office space yeah. to work. There is no chat. You get to chat with the AI bot over there, which is absolutely miserable. And you know, it's a it. There is no thought process put into when it's coming from like a already pre-established bank but when it comes to startups there's a lot more innovation and a lot more management in that and I think that is a I don't think that is something that banks could ever 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 compete with in a large sense right like
0: I think it's just a lot of bureaucracy in place, Mm. right? For them to even come up with some innovation they need to, like, you know... Get 50 levels of approval. Yeah, that's why. Uh, You were just using one of the value propositions of us, which which I use a lot with business customers, Mm. of course, because when it comes to corporate, like, you know, owners, it's the same story. If they want to issue a card, it's like uh, 10 levels of approvals needed from the bank. If they need to, let's say, um, like you said, close some card gonna be the same story Mm -hmm. it's the same for you and corporates doesn't matter and it's a headache imagine if it's your employee who lost it and you had some i don't know money on this card right Mm -hmm. even the limitation doesn't matter you had this money and now he lost this card someone will go and use it and you can't even close the card like it's crazy of course and what is the
1: regulation like in dubai like is it hard to start a fintech company in dubai uh because not just from a business perspective, you're also dealing with people's money, right? And you're not an institution per se. You're not a financial institution. It's just a startup dealing with people's money. What are the regulations like? What are the protections that your corporate clients get? And uh, how do you think, the tide is shifting. Do you think the tide is shifting to begin with?
0: Yeah, that's not a, an easy question to explain, <laughs> but I will try to. Mm. Uh, of course, when it comes to financial organizations, you have to have sort of, like some sort of license to operate because UAE regulations are very strict in terms of finance. Uh, maybe that's one of the reasons why many startups couldn't, you know, start operations here. And if we even take a look at Alan, as the product. Uh, as the idea, uh, our co-founders created it one year before we actually went live, mm. just because of this licensing and regulations. The product was already, you know, we had MVP and everything, uh, product team was working hard, but we couldn't go live. Because what you said, uh, you need, um, in our case, we needed like a provider provider who will help us, who will have the central bank license. Otherwise, we can't deal with people's money. Mm. And it's not even just people, it's big corporates, right? So it's even uh, more complicated. Um, I don't think it's some sort of secret uh, that all uh, spend management providers and not only, even uh, PSP providers, uh, they all deal now with uh, the company called Nimcard, if Mm. you know, Nimcard Services. It's some sort of monopoly. Uh, there is not other, like you can't find anyone similar to what they do because of the license they have directly from central bank. What they do for us and other providers is basically they allow us to legally operate this way with, like you said, with money of uh, companies, of uh, people, if it's a PSP provider. Yeah. And like you said, when it comes to dealing with uh, with businesses, right? Uh, one of the I would say one of the roadblocks that I face is exactly this question. How can we trust you with this money, right? Yeah. Where will the money be? You're not the bank, what should we do with you? And then I have to explain who is Nimcard, Who is Mashrek, everyone knows, but who is Nimcard and why it's this chain, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that's the way everyone works. So now after almost two years of operations for the spend management providers, it's a bit easier. But at the beginning, It was a nightmare to explain.
1: And how do you feel? like? Where do you think technology and finance are going in the future? What are certain trends that you're seeing in the market that you think this is where the industry is going to?
0: Uh, It's very hard to say like worldwide. I think this whole world is going crazy about this digital coins. And (laughs) uh, right. Even like, you know, I'll tell you something like a story so i've been to russia for example uh like a month ago and also before and you know the story like russia is sanctioned right now okay. and we don't have visa or mastercard so i can go with dubai card and pay there right mm. uh but even there uh they're creating this like you know digital coins in the banks already there are some agreements with central bank going on that there will be no cash you know no physical money
2: decentralized money yes okay.
0: and it's not like even crypto i think it's uh, something like regulated from the government like okay. to con- at
2: okay. least
0: at least there
2: decentralized centralized money <laughs> yeah.
0: kind of okay. no they have
1: that uh, what is it cbdc or something okay. centralized uh It's like a. It is. It's
2: basically on the blockchain, but it's centralized. Is that how it is? Yeah, because
1: the problem with blockchain, at least, is that the fact that the bank backstops it is what kind of gives your money value, right? Okay. You at the end of the day, it's like whoever holds a ten dirham note, the central bank of Dubai is saying that in case anything happens, we will give you that ten dirhams worth of things. Yeah, yeah. But with crypto, who is the yeah. one guaranteeing the value, so, so it's so, like
2: a clearing house, basically.
1: Not a clearing house. So your clearing house works where it's clearing house is for inter, yeah, uh, two party relationship. Yeah, yeah. So me and Adi has something yeah. going on. You're a clearing yeah. house, and you say Adi give this to him, yeah. you give this to him, and you make sure this yeah. happens. With this, what happens is that again, the tenderum note is that it's the note itself is meaningless, right? Yeah, it's just a piece of paper, right? What gives tenderums the value of tenderums is that the bank promises whoever holds that note gets 10 drums worth of value yeah right so what happens with your crypto is that uh your blockchain or everybody in the blockchain kind of says that hey this person's there this person's there this person's there everybody promises you that that this one coin is worth one dollar okay. but what happens is that how reliable are the other people is a that- Something you come into question.
2: So the government probably makes it like credible? Is that that the case in Russia? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like crypto is some like dark topic for me (laughs) to be fair. Like I I always escaped from this, you know, Uh, even though now I have to use it because of the conversion. Like if I need rubles, for example, just because there is no way to do Swift. uh, There's no way, right? It's like like two different planets we exist on. (laughs) And that's the only thing. Which can help, like me or other people, to convert crypto yeah. because, yeah, there's no other way. This is where I have to, I had to learn something at least. So like, you
1: convert dirhams or whatever currency to to USDT, USDT, and, and then yeah, to rubles. It's yeah, yeah. some massive pain, right? Yeah.
0: A, yeah. but like I I think crypto is winning here so much, yeah. right?
1: It's a I mean, it completely like if this solution so previously sanctions would have worked when you kind of like you know you have no other options right but now because of all these options coming up the sanctions kind of slightly meaningless right yeah it's just it's a like, hassle but it's,
0: it's, yeah yeah but still at least you know i i also found it uh, positive for me because i didn't know anything about crypto yeah. i had to learn yeah. <laughs> yeah. because how else i would uh, transfer if
1: you don't mind us asking yeah. right? like because russia is in Sm- think our
0: topic completely moved on. Yeah, I know. Just,
1: uh, <laughs> He's just always, he loves politics. So don't mind it's
0: him. Okay, we just, can cut just it off. Please, uh, we uh, cut it off. No, no, right. no don't, yeah. don't cut it. Uh, like, listen, I'm just uh, sensitive, uh, always. Um, how to say this to you? I don't want to make other people Me like understand. feel some something bad. Yes. Yeah, like that's what 100%. I don't want. Of course, I have like my opinion and et cetera, but I don't want to make other We'll just
1: avoid the politics of it. Let's get to the common, like the normal people, right? Because there is a sanction, all the international transactions are um, massive pain. How do you think the people of Russia have adapted to the sanctions? Do you think new technologies are coming up or do they find like a very traditional way to do something?
0: Well, I think I posted something on about this on LinkedIn, actually, uh, because, you know, uh, maybe in India, this it's the same. I'm not sure. But uh, with us, it's like a mentality. Uh, we always find loopholes for anything. Mm. Like there is no way you can even put the sanctions in the first place. Mm. <laughs> because uh, like it's, it's uh, especially when it, you speak about the country where fintech is so cool. From day one, you know, there are so many the school banks, new features, everything. So, of course, uh, they didn't go traditional way. So my post was about something I noticed last time I went to, to Moscow. Uh, there's no Apple Pay, no Google Pay, nothing, mm-hmm. right? Because it completely uh, got canceled uh and it's very inconvenient we're all used to it right now right you don't want to carry your card i didn't want to so i even at the beginning when it all started i asked my friends to pay for me and then i transfer it's much easier than to take this card but what they created like blew my mind because they basically created something similar to apple pay but different way so they create the central bank actually uh gave the permission to like local banks all these banks um and now there is a system of like quick payments between banks and between providers so if you go to the store or restaurant and you need to make a payment and you don't have a card all you do you scan the QR code with your phone camera mm. it redirects you to any of the banks okay. you have okay and you make instant payment oh wow okay. <laughs> so like this okay. all banks basically are connected
2: Okay. All banks are in agreement to use this yeah. uh that's that's, that's so, such a good thing.
1: Practically yeah. the sanctions useless yeah.
2: it's, it's, a, yeah.
1: it's just
2: a <laughs> major hassle.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 really cool like yeah. I wouldn't think of this ways, you know. Yeah. No, that's the
1: thing, right? Like most innovations typically yeah. happen because of a problem and what yeah. bigger problem do you have than a sanction?
0: Yeah. Right,
1: right. So it kind of makes sense.